Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome everybody to the new week, welcome to the Full Throttle podcast and welcome to our debrief of Donington Park World Superbikes 2018. We went into the weekend expecting records to be set. We expected Tom Sykes in many ways to establish a new pole positions record, he did. We expected Jonathan Ray to establish a new race wins record, he did not. That was a big surprise in some ways. But what we definitely did not expect was Michael van der Mark to win a World Superbike race this weekend at Donington Park and he's done the double Michael van der Mark and Yamaha Greg Haynes here Freddie Spencer's with us on the line as well well Freddie first of all what a weekend some fantastic racing yes it was Greg well first off I want to say it's great to be on on your podcast and and also how much I enjoyed uh the weekend's festivities and being involved with the shows that we did together <laughs> thanks for also the stand up yeah with with matt roberts and, and jamie Whittam. and the crowd was was great it looked like the crowd was up even over last year at uh, the british grand prix at donington you know it's a very special event because some some people out there may remember it was it was the location of the very first world superbike race all the way back in 1988 and so there's a long history of World Superbike Racing in Donington Park. And so anyway, it just there was something special in the air. And and you, you already mentioned about Tom Sykes and and I talked with Troy Corser on Saturday after Tom had, had broken his record of uh, forty three pole positions and with Tom getting forty four and, and him and I were both talking about that that we were both happy that we could you know, share that with, in my case, my record that Mark broke with, with the youngest race winner and, and world champion in, in 2013, I was very happy to do that. You know, as someone that, that in this case, Mark, Mark has someone that's come along and, and, and definitely earned it. And he's putting a stamp on Grand Prix racing. And so in the case of Tom Sykes, you know, someone that, that is, been involved with superbike racing for a long time at the top level and especially for him to be able to do it in his home country was I yes. think very special something for him and at a track that that he has had so much you know success at I think I think certainly the one that that we thought would happen also the record that be broken was was Jonathan Ray's being tied with Carl Fogarty at 59 I I, I really was surprised 
um, that he wasn't able to, to get that done this week. But at the same time, he before the race on Saturday, I, I you know listening when, when you and Jamie were doing the show and and one the, in the interview with Charlie, Jonathan just didn't seem very confident. You know, he definitely you could tell wasn't sure about how things were going to turn out going into that first race. Yeah, it was very interesting. Jonathan Ray saying he was suffering from arm pump. Actually, we can play that in now and have a listen to what he had to say. And Michael Vandermark as well. Here they are, the Michael Vandermark celebrating. First of all, actually, on Saturday evening, this is an interesting story that Michael Vandermark had to say. So you're not fast only in us. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tell you a funny story. And... Uh, this morning I woke up and I, on Facebook I got a memory that four years ago I won my second Supersport race here. So I make a screenshot, send it to, send it to my crew chief and <laughs> look where we are now. <laughs> wow, Jonathan, there was a lot of action in that race. Just take us through it. Uh, there's been that much. I can't remember all of it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it was really difficult to make my way to the front. I mean, I used a lot of uh, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, front brake as well. My brake was coming right back to the bar in places. So I was really, um, I ran into arm pump issues right at the end. I could barely hold on, to be honest. That change of direction going down train of cars was uh, so difficult. So, um in the last lap when top top rack came through I, I had nothing to I had no strength to even fight so I'm really disappointed with myself I know this is an issue that uh, I've been having a recurring issue at Donington Park why are you disappointed with yourself? Uh, because the, my guys gave me a great bike we made a great change overnight and uh, the bike was ready to win and I wasn't you look like you have some pretty lurid slides toward the end of the race uh, was your tyre alright? It was a new, the new tyre that we hadn't really done a lot of work on, so it was spinning more than I expected, but it was me creating the spin because uh, I was struggling to hold on to the throttle. So it's, uh, we know this is Donington uh, and Aston. Fortunately, Aston, I can manage the a lot better, but um, yeah, hopefully I can say goodbye to that. Bruno, next, how do you feel about that? Really good. I had a good test there and I uh, feel confident about that one. Well done, Jonathan. Cheers. So, Freddie, interesting there. Michael Vandermark saying that he went onto his Facebook page on <laughs> a few days before the race and it came up with four years ago today and it was a reminder of him winning the Supersport race there in 2014. And he just seemed to give him that extra motivation and, and confidence and belief to know he could go out there and actually win this weekend. Well, exactly. And, and you know, what he was able to do this weekend, I, I think it was... It was a surprise for many reasons. As I was saying before about Jonathan, everybody had that expectation that he was going to get it done at least one of the two races yeah, you know, yeah. he would win. But I think in, in the Yamaha's case, and we, we talked about this over the weekend pretty extensively, I, I think it's so great that Yamaha's has one stepped up to give uh, the Pata team a little more support, certainly with the electronics. And that has, has paid off. I also talking to the crew and, and, and even, even Michael, when we interviewed him on Sunday before the second race, and he was, he was talking about just the relationship between him and his crew chief has, has really gelled. And 
you know, listening to him and just the sense I got standing next to him and, and talking to him, the comfort level that he has now. And that goes back to what you said, believe. You know, if he looked on his Facebook page and saw he won four years ago, why not yeah. be his first superbike yeah. again? And, and, and it, it is the mind and your proper mindset is such a powerful tool and the decider in many ways of, you know, your, your mindset of, of what is going to, how it's going to turn out. And, and Michael said one other thing too, that was, that was very interesting and something I believe is that, okay, yeah, we know the electronics are better and certainly they've, him and his crew chief have jailed and, and, and he chose the right tire as, as we know on, on Saturday, that, that medium is one of only three riders that chose that. I think Salvador was one, Alex, his teammate were on the harder of, or the medium compound everyone else i think was on the soft and it's okay so maybe those things but he said something very very important he said that and i asked him the question i said mm. it looked like that your confidence and your consistency didn't vary at the very end of the race no matter what pressure that jonathan and 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 then put on you and he said that is exactly the case he said i always believe and never lost belief, even once bikes started moving around, that I couldn't continue to move forward. And see, that is that's a very, very important part to this. And the rider, no matter how much electronics there are, no matter how many right choices, the rider still is the one that obviously ultimately is the deciding factor. And and he just didn't make any mistakes. If you look at both Saturday and his Sunday win no matter what pressure he was under, and certainly compared to even Jonathan, the other, you know, all the other riders, and even Jonathan, he didn't make the mistakes they did. He just didn't. I think I think he ran wide like maybe once a little bit. But other than that, it was just right on par. And I, I think also what was surprising about it was that that was the fact that, that most everyone expected if Yamaha was going to win that weekend, it would be Alex. Yes, at his home track, you know? yeah, and and he desperately yeah. wanted it too. That that's been something oh, we've know. been talking about for so about long. Yeah, yeah, but he handled it so well, and and he said, "Listen, I'm happy for the team. I'm happy for for Michael, which is great." And um, but you know, it it certainly, of course, he's disappointed, and and especially in Sunday, you know, he got he started from the front, you know, because of the inverted start they do, and. Um, and he was. It looked like he was easing away there in the very beginning a little bit, but uh, he probably, you know, it looked like he was starting to slide or move around a bit. So he probably used up his tire again. It's that edge grip. And in fact, mm. um, you know, talking about Jonathan just for a second about his arm pump is Jonathan said that you know the bike was great, everything, you know, because you could definitely see the bike was moving around and making mistakes toward the end and because he went to that same tire or a different tire that he had in Saturday, like the one that, that Michael ran for Sunday, but it still didn't work as well. And he said it wasn't the tire's fault. And, and what can happen, see, when your arms, you get that arm pump, he was struggling with the brakes. He was late in the first segments, you know, um, in the fast, you know, red gate and then down the hill and the left and right. Those are high speed direction changes. And he was a little bit late as that arm pump. You just can't move as well. Then you get 
you know, the bike turned in at, at a at a higher speed, maybe a little bit offline, and you're forcing the edge of the tire to do all the work where he can mat you can manage that better if you're not struggling. Right, like he like he was. And and that was that was very honest of Jonathan me. It was it was honest, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah, that was very, very upfront and, and Jamie made the comment that, you know, we, we respected a lot Jonathan saying that or, or I think you know, where you normally you wouldn't hear a rider say, you know, maybe as much, but, but I understood exactly what he meant because even when my wrist would cause me problems, you know, when I was really struggling there in eighty six and, and then ultimately ended up to have surgery and everything, it is exactly the struggles uh in the couple of races I did. Um, is when you can't move and you can't use your your arms and things the proper way. You the the bike and your your what what suffers normally is tire management and those things. You know. Yes, because he said he was losing feeling in his hand, didn't he? So then he was being too aggressive yeah. on the throttle, spinning up the tire and losing grip that way as well. Exactly, exactly. You're abrupt. Yeah, you're just abrupt because most time, like I said, because your arms, you know. In that case, you get arm pump, and, and you really don't have. You got probably more grip pressure because you you can't feel it. And you're you're just you're out of sync. Mm, and yeah. as soon as that happens, like I said, you just your transition suffer, and um, you know direction changes as the case picking the throttle up and those things, and and it just puts way too much stress on other parts of of what we need to do. You know, tire management is as much about what well, is about finesse. But it's more about, it's as much about timing. Timing of, of how you set the bike in the corner, how you're able to pick it up off the edge of the tire right at the right, right moment as you're beginning to accelerate. Because it's, it's not the spinning of the tire that will generate the excess heat as much as it is the carcass movement. And that's all about load, you know. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, and that's yeah. that's actually covered our tech talk as well for this week, which is perfect. Um, here's have a let's have a yeah. quick listen then into what those guys said, Freddie. This is uh, Michael Vandermark again, this time on Sunday. Michael, you won the race yesterday, which was amazing. But now you've gone and done it again, and from ninth on the grid, what an incredible result! Yeah, I, I can't believe it to be honest. You know, yesterday was like a dream, and. I, I I couldn't, you know, I was scared to think about the double, but at the end we did it. And from ninth on the gate, quite a good start. The first couple of corners was a bit busy. I was lucky because people were running wide and trying strange things. But, you know, I I stayed calm, kept my head down, and uh, I didn't feel as comfortable as yesterday because of the wind. Uh, some areas I was a lot stronger yesterday, but today I didn't feel as good. But I tried to stay calm, and uh, Alex was leading the race, and I just decided to follow him. Uh, just closing on him step by step and then Johnny passed me and I just stayed calm because I knew he was going to try and uh, yeah they had a nice fight and then I managed to pass him and, and pull away at the end so uh, yeah it's incredible to, to take first victory but you know to reward the guys uh, the team in Yama with a with the double is it's just I can't believe it yet. <laughs> well it's, it's been on the cards you had a double podium in Aston um, how will you celebrate tonight? Well you know I to be honest, I've been really sick all week, so uh, I might try to drink one, but I think I will be destroyed after that one. <laughs> hey, well done, Michael. Cheers, thank you, guys. Thank you very much for those interviews from Charlie Hiscott as well. 
Let's move on then to the star tweet. And this is a moment when we have a look at a tweet and we discuss it. So here we are, the star tweet. Freddie, uh, we've got one here from Annette Cookson, and this is talking about Anna Carrasco. And Annette says to us that uh, she feels Anna has learned that the other lads, uh, something the other lads still need to learn, which is not getting caught up in wasting time in battles in Supersport 300. Annette says that Anna never seems to wheelie at the start. She keeps it smooth. She doesn't seem to rely on cutting the corners and an absolute class act. What are your feelings? It was a class act again, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. That that's a very good observation, and I I couldn't agree more. And Sunday was a perfect example of her ability now to control the race and not have to depend on you know being pushed or chasing you know, and which is easy to do in that class like it is in motor yes. at the world level where you know everyone is dependent on the draft and you know and, and like I said getting you know in, in a in a group and, and and getting some momentum going and and I said this a couple of times over the weekend that one of the one of the areas that I think Anna has, has improved on since the little bit I watched her before uh, you know we were there obviously I've only you know I did Aragon we did mm, that race yeah. there and is is her confidence level uh, one of of as she showed on Sunday getting out front and going and not making any mistakes and she is so smooth, but also the fact that she will get in there and mix it up and come right back at them, you know, and and uh, you know the three hundred class just like in the British Talent Cup, it's a combination of of aggression and control because you're dealing with motorcycles that one don't have a lot of torque. So it's all about momentum and you can get so easily to get called out, you know, when you're in that, that group, you know, battling. And so you, you, but at the same time, you, you can't be timid or hesitant. Mm, yeah. Because you have to be decisive you know, and you, cut in, don't you? It has exactly, exactly because you're dealing with, with bikes, that don't have much horsepower and it, and you can lose out so quickly. Um, and, you know, it's, we, we talk about obviously Anna being a female rider and how unique that is and special, but it's more than that. I think it's, it's great. And she's such an inspiration. You know, we, we were looking around as we were doing the standups in Park Ferme and when Anna was up on the, the podium and, and you see all the young kids boys and girls and they were they were just so excited you know and and so it's it's great for all of them you know to and you can see that it's possible so but i i think there's still more to come and it's going to be interesting to see because you know certainly this is going to do wonders for her belief and confidence in what she can do yeah, I can't wait to see how she responds over the rest of the season. They're at the halfway point of the year as well now, so it's a critical time. Oh, it'd be an amazing... I mean, she be, could be world champion. She could. I mean, this, we've never had a better opportunity yeah. than this now, have we? It really could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it is definitely blazing new trail. You know?
Okay, well, that moves us on quite suitably. And this, this, well, I'm interested to see what you think of this one, Freddie. We now move on to Rider of the Weekend. So Rider of the Weekend, yeah. uh, James Whittam went with, well, it was a clean sweep in James's opinion this time, Freddie. Uh, Rider of the Day for both days, he said Michael Vandermark. Rider of the Weekend, he went for Michael Vandermark. What's the Freddie Spencer verdict? Well, it... Obviously, that would be a a great choice, and I understand exactly why James, you know, chose that. I heard him say that uh, on the other day when we were uh, listening to you guys, and and I could I, I agree because what what Michael did by winning on on Saturday was again that culmination of the hard work that the team has done. He's done Yamal is their contribution. It's great for. And the reaction from the British crowd was wonderful, and I, that, I commented on mm. that. So he brought all that to the table, and then, and and he he everybody's work paid off by his efforts, and to back that up on Sunday, under the pressure of knowing how much Jonathan wanted to get that 60th win, and and you could tell it was important to Jonathan, you know. And the pressure of the world champion, I mean, he earned it. You know, Michael earned it both days, and it was just wonderful. So James already picked that, and I, I'm, I'm going to say great choice. But I, I'm going to go with Anna. And the reason why is because her win at Imola was great. And so every other rider in that field wanted to make sure she didn't get two in a row. You know. Yes, true. And, and yeah, and because that she won last race, and I'm not saying that just because she's a girl, you know, by any means or female. Uh, but I, I, I thought the the ride she put in Sunday was was very impressive. Um, for that class, because we know, you know, certainly we know that there's, you know, the Kawasaki is 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 certainly a great motorcycle and but there's other Kawasaki's out there. We know that, you know, they're still tweaking the the, the rules a little bit and trying to get the balance right and so, you know, you can go different ways. But still, the ride she put in, uh, to just win the race pretty obviously, pretty easily and could have I think won it by more if she needed to. Um deserves my vote for the rider I pick. Thanks very much for that, Freddie. Yes, uh, I think that's a very, uh, a very valid point as well. So more tremendous performances then in the field this weekend. We move on now to our final segment. It's the checkered flag. Here we go. So checkered flag, Freddie. Um, I think very quickly before we go, we need to talk about World Supersport. And before anything, actually, yeah. uh, we have an interview actually here from Sandra Cortese. So let's quickly listen to Sandro. Sandro, you um, you want to race in Aragon? You've just won this race here. That's fantastic. Well done. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Like after some tough races after Aragon, it's nice to be on the top step of the podium. Uh, it was a tough weekend. Like coming come here after nine years and the first day like rain conditions and uh, we had to find uh, a base setup. And yesterday after the qualifying, I didn't felt really happy with the bike, especially when the wind came. Uh, we had we struggled a lot. I had so much pain to physically pain to change direction and. Uh, 
uh, we made a big change up, uh, change on the setup. And this morning I went already faster in the warm up than in the qualifying, and uh, I felt really comfortable. But of course it wasn't easy. Like uh, I had a good start, and Jules pushed from the beginning on. But after four or five laps, um, yeah, I was relaxed. I enjoyed, and uh, I knew okay, I'm strong in this and this part. And when I overtook him, I could go my rhythm. Just tell us about that overtake. Um, yeah, it, looked a bit Larry. Um, I, I, I said sorry to him, but he said uh, he just went too slow in, and it was not my uh, like um, how you say my purpose to touch him or something. I just wanted a clean overtake, and I said immediately sorry because yeah, of course you if you want to overtake someone, uh, you don't mean to touch him or something. And uh, yeah, luckily nothing happened, and uh, no. But of course, after that, I was happy too because he's so hard to overtake, and because he's so late on the brakes, he had a very good acceleration bike. And but after I overtook him, I could go and um, just enjoy the race. Great ride, well done, Sandro. Thanks. Yes, it was another brilliant ride from him, wasn't it? And an inspired tyre choice as well. He was on a softer compound to Jules Cluzel and Raphael De Rosa. Uh, a hard move, you could say as well. Yes. Well, first off, uh, about the tyre. You know, obviously, as a former world champion in, in the Moto3 class, he certainly knows how to to manage um, a race, manage a tire choice, if it's the correct one, and and just plan out the, the great strategy. And, and we know how inspired Cluzel's, um performance has been since the issues that we, we addressed with them or talked about with the team and, and from that Thursday at Aragon. And then, you know, he's been on the podium and then won the last two races. So that was Cruzel. And so for Cortese, who obviously, who got that first win at, at Aragon, um, I think yesterday's ride, is just a beginning because he, you could see in, in the way he talked after the race that he, his just building confidence. He's been patient, disciplined, and that's such an important part. You know, people think, well, you just get on the bike and go out there and go as fast as you can. Nah, it's not the case at all. In fact, most champions, especially once you get to the world level, where the competition level is so high, it's every lap is 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 a process. You know, and you, the thinkers are the ones. You know, the riders who think about it, not overthink it, but think about it and plan it out and, and choose properly, they're in it for the long haul. And that that is the one that when the not just races, but or a race, I should say, but races, they win more than one. They also are the ones who win the championships. And so you can see that with Cortese. I, I think I think this is just the beginning of his performance. I, you look at Luca Myers and you look at, you know, Kara Casulo and, and, you know, that team is so strong. But I noticed that with, with Myers, you know, obviously defending world champion, the present world champion, when I, we did the race at Aragon, my first race. And same thing the, the, this weekend is, is he'll have a strong part of the track like he did first sec and second segments. But then the last part, he was over aggressive in, in the part of the track that you can't be aggressive in. And he makes mistakes. And and um obviously as as the defending world champion, he knows how to get the job done. And so for him, I think that's he's certainly gonna have to make some adjustments 
as a, before it gets too late in the season if he wants to have any chance at all of defending. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, actually, to see what happens. You get the feeling it's going to go right down to the last race for World Supersport this year. So well done, Sandro Cortese there. Well done, of course, to Anna Carrasco. Marcus Reiterberger won again in Superstock 1000. He really will take some beating this year. But very quickly, Freddie, before we go, uh, let's talk about Superbike, a couple of riders. Tom Sykes, first of all. This has been Tom Sykes' track. I know he was beaten by Jonathan Ray in one race last year, but what I can't understand is why Tom Sykes and his crew didn't even bother, seemingly, to try that C-compound tyre in the warm-up on Sunday. Everybody else did. They knew how good it was on Saturday. I wonder why that was, that they didn't even at least try the tyre. I I don't know. You know, I I think over the years, some of the choices, you know, I, I... because being in the world superbike and and this this is my my first year. But one thing I've noticed about Tom is is a little bit of inconsistency. I think he certainly thinks about his riding, not so about his bike and and riding and different things, which is important. Jonathan does the same thing. But again, it depends on how much a rider thinks and is able to then make a choice and then move forward. Mm. If you overthink it, it can get in the way and it can be a detriment. And, you know, I'm not so sure um, where Tom falls in that in that particular way. I think I think he certainly obviously has won the world championship before. He's on, a, he's on uh, arguably, we know, the best bike out there with his teammate. And and he he just wasn't really anywhere other than his qualifying lap, which you get the feeling that that was his main focus, you know, and he's happy with that. But in the race, he really wasn't in the hunt, you know, no, either, no. either race. You know, and um, we know the bike's capable. And and he obviously has the speed, but um, I'm not sure what they're going to have to do. It, it, it's, you know, I know there's that, you know, talk about next year what's going to happen. So who knows? You know, I don't know what's going to happen with for, for Tom, you know. But he did do one of the, his main goal this weekend was to break that record, you know, the qualifying record, and he was able to do it. Yep, he certainly was. So who knows? He might be on a Yamaha. I've got a feeling that's going to happen. That now it looks like it might even be a straight swap between uh, Van der Mark and uh, Sykes. But anyway, we'll find out over the next few weeks and months, I guess. Chas Davis, the other rider, Freddie. Um, Ducati disaster for a lot of the weekend. But actually, last night I was going through the pace and the analysis, and I do think Chas Davis actually could have challenged for the win in race two, but he got shoved wide at the first corner. He was six seconds behind on lap seven. He was only 4.7 seconds behind in the end, but obviously had to push and overtake people. Uh, it just goes to show that he probably could have challenged. But I think with the knife edge of setting up that Ducati, they really did lose out so badly with the rain on Friday. Yeah. And, you know, in the interview yesterday, being, because we did, and, and I, I said this, as you heard, and, and we were doing the um, the standups in Park Ferme after yeah. the, uh, that, you know, there could be many possibilities. The development of the bike um, is it continuing. I know Charlie did an interview with Ben Jaren that sounds like that they not are not they're not doing much much more development because of the V four coming. 
and and that and Ducati's, you know, their resources they have to manage it, you know, because certainly they have more the World Superbike as well as the MotoGP program. So I mean, but they are two separate programs, and and so there could be a little bit of that. I I think that certainly in Chad's interview yesterday. What came through is something that I've that we've seen, and you can see it in in the video when you're watching Marco, as we saw in in Aragon and, and other places. It's just instability. Um, yeah, they they're having to set up the bike. I know in Marco's case, it's in a certain way that you know with the bike. I it seems to me when I look at watch it, it's high. The ride height is up, and it's soft, and and suspension settings, you know, soft spring. And we saw it on compression and just so it can move. But again, it causes some high speed instability. And, and Chaz even admitted, he said yesterday in that interview that the biggest problem he's having is the fact that, you know, he'll get the bike in, he's pushing it to limit, he expects it to do one thing that does something totally different. <laughs> and that is just an <laughs> unsettling feeling with, when a bike. For whatever reason, you can't predict it. That is our, basically, our comfort, our foundation. When you're riding a high-performance Grand Prix bike or World Super bike or any, any you know, the speeds, any, any fast motorcycle race bike, is we depend on knowing what's going to happen. If we do this, it should do, it will do this, you know. Because it is that predictability that we count on to deal with when it's unpredictable, right? Where it, you you have to have a certain uh, foundation there of of, of of relationship and understanding yes. that you can count on. Because if not, you're not going to. You may be able to push it over that limit to that knife edge and a little bit beyond a couple of times. But you're not going to be able to if you if you can't count on it, or if it's unpredictable, or or if, if you don't know what's going to happen, you you can't do it consistently, and that's what you're seeing. They're having to work too hard to be able to try to run the pace, and and what happens is what we're seeing is um, they struggle, you know, with yeah, laps, you know, yeah. And they all had crashes over the weekend, didn't they? Melandri, Davis, Forrest. Yeah, not not good times, unfortunately, for Ducati. I hope they well, can no, get it together soon. Yeah, well, you look at Jonathan. I mean, John's perfect example. How many times during the broadcast when you got, you know, we're covering it because we're watching it too, and, you know, um, and and how many times you see Jonathan tuck front, foot pick up, his foot comes off foot peg, different things, runs a little bit wide, but he, he stayed upright, you know? Yeah. And he was struggling, trying to beat Michael both races. And obviously on Sunday and even on Saturday, I'm sure he struggled with arm pump too. Because like you said, it, it it happens at a couple places. I think he said Aston was the other one that he struggles with that. He did, it, yeah. Yeah, probably getting... And I'm sure it's getting worse, you know? And... And... Um, but... Hey, I mean, he he almost won the race both days. Yes, so, and, he, and even on what you could say in inverted commas was a bad weekend for Jonathan Rowe. Well, it wasn't a yeah, bad exactly. weekend, it was a good weekend. And but even like then, said, on not his best, he's still there, second and third. 
Exactly. And tuck in the front, you know, that, that one time, I mean, a couple of close calls. He hit the curb at one mm, time. He did. Remember? Uh, yeah. And so anyway, but he's not four or five seconds back or, you know, exactly. Or, or having to ride the bike, you know, over, over what's comfortable. So, yeah, funnily enough, one lap he ran wide. He said he actually ran into a, a swarm of insects into the chicane. He said it was all over his visor and it distracted him and he missed the braking point, which is quite interesting. Right. And um, yeah. yeah, so that was quite surprising as well. And then the the British wildcards, Freddie, I mean, it was an all right weekend. But uh, Well, Bradley Ray actually in particular had a great weekend. And uh, I think overall, apart from individual performances, it was just great to see so much wildcard interest. Well... You know, we we were talking about it yesterday, and, and obviously, we, we all talked about how great that was, and and it shows the depth of uh, the national series here in in the UK. But it's also the way that the it's set up is that that's still possible that a wild card can come in, and even if they don't have a chance to win the race. They can have a good showing, and that's that's what it's all about: is to gain some experience and to get some exposure. And no one expects you to, you know, go out and win the race against the regulars. But the rules are set up to where it's possible. You know, you had what five and, and three of them on BSB uh, bikes and two on World Superbike spec mm. bikes with the full electronics because in BSB, they don't run electronics. And, and certainly that's going to be a disadvantage, but, but they could at least be out there and, and, um, and you never know. And it's exciting, you know, when you're getting that chance for the first time or, or, um, like I said, getting the chance, you know, it's something, unfortunately at the world Grand Prix level, you just wouldn't wouldn't be able to see anymore, you know. Yeah, very true. No, it was great to see that, and it was great. Thank you very much for. Uh tuning in to all of you and for the nice comments we had across the weekend on Twitter we were of course live on Quest as well as Eurosport and the Eurosport player we'll be back from Bruno in a couple of weeks time Freddie you'll be back with us for Mizano three rounds from now looking forward to it should be good I am looking forward to it Greg as always and uh, it's a beautiful place to go and and, and one of the tracks that, that I, I've won on in my day and, and so I'm looking forward to it as always no, it should be absolutely fantastic. Thanks very much, Freddie. It's always a pleasure Thanks, to have you with us and uh, we will speak to you very soon. And thanks to all of you for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 